chapters in Acts. So after today, we have only what? Two chapters left. Or three chapters left, sorry. I had not the best. Acts chapter 25 tells us um, in God's word, now three days after Festus had arrived, uh, we learned about Festus a little bit um, last week, got introduced to him, he replaces Felix, the governor. So now three days after Festus arrived, had arrived in the province, he went up. The Jerusalem is from Caesarea, and the chief priest, the principal, men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul, and they urged him, asking as a favor against Paul, that he summoned him to Jerusalem, because they were planning to ambush to kill him on the way. Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea, that he himself intended to go there shortly. So said he, let the men of authority among you go down with me. And if there is anything wrong about the man, let them bring charge against him. Verse 6, after he stayed among them not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. When he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. Paul argued in his defense, neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I committed any offense. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I'm standing before Caesar tribunal where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to their charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his counsel, answered, to Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. Verse 13. Now when some days had passed, Agrippa the king and Bernice, Bernice arrived, Bernice arrived at Caesarea and greeted Festus. And as they stayed there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a man left prisoner by Felix. And when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews laid out their case against him asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I answered them that it was not the custom of the Romans to give up anyone before the accused met the accusers face to face and had opportunity to make his defense concerning the charge laid against him. So when they came together here, I made no delay, but on the next day, I took my seat on the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought. When the accusers stood up, they brought no charge in his case of such evils, I suppose. Rather, they had certain points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who was dead. 
but whom Paul asserted to be alive. Being at a loss how to investigate these questions, I asked whether he wanted to go to Jerusalem and to be tried there regarding them, but when Paul had appealed to be kept in custody for the decision of the emperor, I ordered him to be held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, said he, you will hear him. So on the next day, Agrippa and Bernice, Bernice I'm sorry, came with great pomp, and they entered the audience hall with the military tribunes and the prominent men of the city. Then at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in, and Festus said, King Agrippa, and all who are present with us, us you see this man about whom the whole Jewish people petitioned me, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. But I found that he had done nothing deserving death. And as he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to go ahead and send him. But I have nothing definite to write to my Lord about him. Therefore, I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after we have examined him, I may, something, I may have something to write. For it seemed to me unreasonable is sending a prisoner not to indicate the charges against him. Let me pray ask the Lord to help us uh, with what I just read and bless us as we walk through these verses here together. Uh, Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us back this evening. Uh, to be with your people, Lord, to, to be in your word. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to allow your word, Lord, to go before us right now. Let your word dwell in us rich, richly, Lord. And also, like the song we just sung, Lord, let us trust and obey your word. And let us hold fast to your word. And let your word, Lord, and, and, and conform to the image of your son. So, Lord, we ask you to bless us at the time. Give me the strength. Give me the power. Give me everything, Lord, I needed, Lord, to preach your word faithfully. And let your people hear let them be attentive to your word. Their hearts, Lord, and mind, Lord, is kind of gravitating somewhere else, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to bring their minds into your word right now. Let them be attuned into your word. Let them hear your word proclaimed. Let them grow in your word at this time. So, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to bless us here this evening in your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the fascinating creations that God has created, I always saw it fascinating as a kid, it was a Venus flytrap. Um, a Venus flytrap, one source says, unlike many other plants, the Venus flytrap are carnivores, which means that they eat meat. The size of a Venus flytrap is, it grows around five inches or 13 centimeters in diameter. Each plant usually has about six stems with hinged leaves. One thing is about a Venus flytrap is the uniqueness and how it actually goes about in his hunting. And so um, a Venus uh, flytrap doesn't have any eyes to see the actual fly or some type of bug that goes inside the Venus flytrap. But what happened though is that the Venus flytrap has these things at the end of them, um, which is called leaves, but it's actually teeth. And what happened though was that when a fly comes into our side of the Venus flytrap, 
it lured, it get lured in by this reddish lining in the leaves. And this reddish lining kind of had this nectar in it, kind of sweet. So a fly or a certain bug would go in and, and it would actually touch those actual type of reactors or um, this reddish lining. And it sends off some type of signal to the rest of the Venus flytrap. And it actually clams down on it. And when it does, though, it closes its mouth or it closes its jaws. And after closing the jaws, it starts to break down the actual or break down the actual plant. Um, that's just another part of God's creation that I couldn't even put my mind around. But it's amazing how the the, 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 the scheming of this plant, it manipulates with this sweetness, then it gets its carnivores. That had me thinking about, even in our text here today, just the uniqueness of the, the wisdom that goes behind the plotting of trying to get a hold of Paul. The Venus plot trap is um, not common. Um, I think it's actually from South Carolina, North Carolina area. But you don't really see too many plants around. It's a very unique plant, but also it's not the only plant that does things like this. We have other plants, other animals that have certain ways to plot. And I believe that all of this right here goes back down to the fall. And the fall has brought about a world that is so depraved that goes against everything that God has put them, put in place. And so what we see with Paul today is that another example of plotting. So we're not just limited to animals and to plants, but also in the life of Paul. We have talked about this the last few weeks of how the actual Judaizer were plotting to kill Paul. Well, today, they're going to try to do the same thing again. Even now, Felix. Felix is not even governor anymore. Now, a new governor is Festus. And still, the Paul, I mean, the, the, the Judaizer that wanted Paul they still haven't forgot about the dude that's in prison. They still want Paul so bad. And family, I'd like to remind you too as well, as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, the world will treat us the same way. The world wants us to stumble. The world wants us to be able to say they're not as righteous as they thought they were already. The world wants us to fall. People want us to back step. People want us to look like the world. I mean, they want the same thing out of Jesus. They want the same thing out of the apostle. And it's going to continue is that the more we try to do well, the more evil falls behind us. So Paul, today we're going to learn again how the Judaizers is just so strong against Paul. That regardless of Paul have giving them over and over his, his position, that he's holding on to Torah, the law. He has kept the word of God in the Old Testament. He, done, he, have, he have proclaimed this before these Jewish teachers, but they still are coming at him, wanting to kill him. I think this hit on for all of us here. I think all of us can relate to this in some form or fashion. No, no matter how we have explained God's word to others around us, we have told people about Jesus, how you want to live for Jesus, but people will still try to undermine that. 
They will still try to get you to do things that are contrary to God's word. It won't stop. It won't stop. And the reason why it won't stop because Satan, he doesn't stop until the Lord is going to bear to defeat him forever in the future. When Satan got kicked out of heaven, when he came down, even in heaven with angels drawn with him, even on earth right now, he's steady trying to draw people to himself. Satan is continually working and working and working. And just like this fallen word is working and working and working against the lowest people. So family, if you feel like you just can't come up, the dagger is on you. The more you try to live for Jesus, it like like something that's continued to happen. The more you try to have Jesus things that's been happening, family, the world will continue to try to plot against you. But be encouraged. As they plot against you, as Satan try to bind you and catch you with certain things, one thing about our God, he always give us a way to escape. He always give us a way to escape persecution. Always. Yeah. And um, sometimes that escaping might be death at times, right? What I mean by escaping is that escaping the area of us sinning against God. He gives us that escape so we won't sin against him. He's going to do that with Paul today. In the midst of so much that's happening, he's going to hold fast to the anchor and the Lord's going to bring him through. Let's jump back in. Let's jump in our text. So we're going to do the two points today. Paul spoils the plot by appealing to Caesar. And point number two is going to be Festus tell Agrippa and Bernice about Paul. I don't know if it's the same in the program. So point number one, Paul's sports plot by pulling to Caesar. Paul now has been held in custody by Governor Felix. Uh, but Felix, again, was replaced by Festus. Because the Jews wanted Paul dead. Paul would challenge, he challenged the hypocrisy. He challenged the hearts of these Judaizers. He pointed to them that they are truly not submitted to God's word. And Paul always points out that they used the scriptures for selfish gain. And when Paul pointed to how scriptures were pointed to Jesus, they wanted Paul dead. Because Paul, because Jesus was a name that the leading Jews could not stand. They couldn't stand Jesus. Because one thing what Jesus was doing is that Jesus knew that they wasn't truly keeping the law. Jesus knew they weren't keeping the law. He knew they was just all talk. They said they were this believer. They said they committed to, to the church, uh, to, to the synagogue. They said they committed it to the Lord. They committed, but Jesus ever said, if you truly committed, why are you living your life such as this? They couldn't stand Jesus. Jesus called them out on it. When they were selling things in the, in the temple, using the temple to, 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 to profit in, in a way, in an ungodly way, Jesus came in and, in frustration, Jesus came in and flipped over tables. When they created all these laws, 
They created all these different traditional Pharisee laws, and Jesus called them out on it. You guys keeping all this, but you guys won't keep the simplest simplicity of the gospel, loving God and loving your neighbor. So for them, they hated Jesus. Now Paul comes on the scene. As an apostle of Jesus, he's proclaiming Jesus. Now they treat Paul the same way they're treating Jesus. So Paul talks about Jesus in the resurrection. And many of the Jews, we learned about this in Matthew. I think Matthew and Mark talked about this. Many of the Jews, they knew that Jesus was raised from the grave. But for them to hide it, they told them what? They tried to suppress it. Don't tell anyone what happened. So now Paul is getting treated like Jesus. He was in custody over two years with visitors. So the Jews today try another, and I test today, try another approach to how to get to Paul. How can they get him? He's in custody. There's no way they can get a hold of this man to kill Paul. So how can they try to get a hold of him? Well, this is how they're going to try to do it. The Jews heard Festus was visiting Jerusalem. Again, Festus is the governor. The governor is the one that actually communicates to Caesar, which is the Roman emperor of the whole world at this time. So the governor, Festus, came down. He was looking over a couple of his territories, areas. And so Festus comes down to Jerusalem. When he came down to Jerusalem, the high priest met Festus and laid out a case. He said, hey, since you're in town, let me lay out the case. It's a guy that's locked up in Ashul and um, in Caesarea named Paul. So they asked him a favor. So asking a favor against Paul that he summoned him to Jerusalem. So they had Festus to summon Paul to Jerusalem. Not for them to have a legit trial. They want Paul to Jerusalem so they can find a way to try to kill Paul. But look in verse 3. It said, because they were planning to ambush to kill him on the way. So what they wanted to do was that they wanted them to send Paul down to Jerusalem. But they sent Paul down to Jerusalem. They were going to catch him on the side of the road and try to kill him. That's what they were trying to do. That's very similar to what Paul's nephew figured out, wasn't it? When Paul's nephew heard about it, he heard about the ambush was going to happen. So this two years later. I mean, Paul is still locked up. They still trying to do an ambush on him. Let's show you how much hatred they had towards Paul. They wanted them dead. But Festus, I don't think Festus knew about this ambush, this plot. Because Festus asked the Jewish leaders to, to go with him back to Caesarea to bring charges on Paul. And they threw everything off. Because they thought that if they just send Paul down, then we can get him on the side. But Festus said, hey, how about you guys come up with me to Caesarea and let's be in Paul there in Caesarea there uh, where Festus lived as governor. And if you guys notice in that, that's another sign of God's grace. That's another sign of God's grace. God preserves Paul again. The Jews really thought they had it, Paul again, but Festus now puts out that Come join me in Caesarea. God protects Paul by allowing the Jews to converse with um, the Jews converse with Festus 
and not to be able to get him out of custody to get Paul. And again, as Christians, when those plot around us, God in his wisdom, he always cares for his people. He always cares for us. The Lord preserves his people. Fessen or Paul, they knew what was going on about this ambush. But the Lord knew, and the Lord knew how to care for his people in the midst of trials. Family does that for us. We don't have to figure out everything that's going on around us. We don't have to figure out who's plotting against us. We don't have to figure out who don't like us. We don't have to figure out if our boss don't like us. We don't have to figure out if our friend doesn't like us. Family members doesn't like us. We don't have to figure those things out. The Lord sees all things. That's the benefit by being in Christ. All of the time, I mean, most of the time, we spend so much time trying to figure things out in this world. What's going on with this? What's going on with that? Trying to protect our image. Trying to protect who we are. But the good thing about being in Christ, the Lord go before his people. Regardless of who plot against us, the Lord go before us and he preserves us. That's the benefit in Christ. Amen. It's not that we got to pay money to get that, fam. It's not like by being in Christ, the more money you pay, you get this aspect of Christ. The more you pay here, the more you do here, the more you do here. I pray more, I get this. Or if I do this, I get this more. I get that more. Family, by being truly in Christ, we get it all free for what Christ has done. One of the things in the past at the Catholic Church, they had this thing called penance. Um, I think Jerry used to be Catholic. Um, one thing about penance is they would actually, they would pay money right here. If they wanted something or for purgatory, a family member that died, they haven't went to hell or heaven yet, they're sitting in this waiting cell, you pay more money, you can get them on to heaven. So if you had a family member that didn't live right, they're they not going to make it quite to heaven. The more gold you give, the more money you give, you can better get these other benefits. And one of the benefits you can get, you can get a family member to heaven. Um, this is not how the Christian faith works, fam. Once you said you have sinned against the holy, righteous God. That there is no hope in of the works and any other things that you have done. That Jesus Christ lived the life that you, lived, or you, that you didn't live. That he was faithful, he was perfect. That he died on the cross for your sin. That you put your faith in him. And you believe in the work that he has done. That he took your sins upon himself. Family, we get everything in Christ. Amen. Once you believe in Christ, we get everything. You don't have to be the best prayer warrior. You don't have to be the best of this, the best of all these certain things. You don't have to be the best in these things. By believing from Christ, you get all these things. And one thing you get is that the Lord preserves you when the world hates you. When people all around you that are against you, the Lord preserves you in the midst of those times. Just remind me of Psalm 3. Listen to this, fam. Oh, Lord, how many are my foes? Look around, my foes. Many are rising against me, Madison. Many are saying on my soul, there is no salvation for him, for him in God. 
but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. Listen to this again. You, O Lord, are a shield about me. David didn't say I'm a shield about myself. He said, you, O Lord, are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cry out, Lord, out loud to the Lord. He answered me from his holy hill. The reason why Paul didn't have to burn, the reason why he can stay in jail and find a way for Caesar to be sent over to Caesar, he could be okay because he knew who was the one that preserves him. It tells us in Psalm chapter 3, verse 5, where we just read, we'll go further than this. I lay down and slept, and I woke again, for the Lord sustains me. Amen. I would not be afraid of my many thousand family. We might have two or three. We might have four or five in our lives. We might have six or seven in our lives. But he said thousands, thousands of people around us who have set themselves against me all around me. Arise, O oh Lord, save me, O oh God, for you strike down all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Selah. Family, that's one song. If y'all would give me more time and we can stay here all night, right? We can just keep going through Psalms and just hear about how the Lord sustains his people. Family, our God sustains us. Even when we can't sustain ourselves, even when so much is around us, we feel like it's us against the world. Family, we are not alone in those moments. Our Lord is with us in those moments. Amen. No matter what it is. Do you believe that today? Do you truly believe that? Because a lot of times we don't believe that. Because we get afraid in this world and we don't turn to the Lord. We put in our own hands and we go out there and we try to fight everybody around us. But if we truly trust the Lord, that the Lord sustained us, that salvation belongs to the Lord, that your, your blessing be on your people, that we truly believe these certain things, family, we can lay down and sleep and knowing that the Lord will wake us up again. Because he sustains, sustains us. Let us believe that today. Let us believe that today. The Lord sustains his people. So Paul is witnessing over and over to, of the faithfulness of the Lord. And the more they try to catch Paul, the more God's wisdom is displayed. displayed. Huh, they tried to get him. But Paul said, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. You can't touch me, bro. Where they try to do an ambush. Paul and nephew came in there. Hey, they're trying to get you. And guess what? Then Felix gives men to protect them. Now they try to do it again. And the Lord allowed Felix, I mean, Festus to take him, uh, not allowing Paul to get out to come to Jerusalem. Do you see how many times the Lord has stopped this? So you might be asking the question, what happened to Jesus then? If the Lord brought about so much wisdom in preserving Paul, why didn't the Lord then preserve Jesus? If you're thinking of that question, the Lord allowed his son to be punished. He allowed them to kill his son. And the reason for that, because that was planned all the way from the Old Testament. Amen. The Lord knew that was doing. It wasn't like, hey, I got we got Jesus. You know, we couldn't, nobody couldn't get him. We finally got him. It was part of the plan. And a part of that plan ultimately is this right here. Is that Jesus was actually put to death by the Lord. Isaiah tells us this in Isaiah 53. 
10. It said it pleased the father to crush his own son. A lot of people don't understand that. You trying to tell the father crushes on his son? The father had to punch his son and son because he the one way he made him to be sin who knew no sin that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That Jesus had to be punished. The father had to punish his own son but the father loved his son and the father raised his son back up. That's the good news about it. So the more they try to catch Paul, Paul proclaimed God's goodness. So could Paul be rejoicing in Psalm 4 after singing the faithfulness of the Lord over and over again. Psalm 4 says this, Answer me when I call God on my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was distressed. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Oh men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? Think about what they're making in mocking Paul. The honor, he was studying under Gamaliel. He was a, a person that knew the law, but now he is called as a person that's not holding on to the law. They are mocking Paul. They are belittling Paul. And, and it says right here in Psalm 2 goes on. In Psalm 4 goes on. It says, How long will you love vain words and seek out the lies? But no, the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts your beds and be silent. I think that's what Paul is doing. He's been silent. He's waiting on the Lord. Offer right sacrifices. Put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put my joy in my heart. That they have went their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Same words like sustaining, doesn't he? The same nature here. And this is what's happened to Paul. The Lord is sustaining him. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. The Lord has allowed Paul to dwell in safety. The Lord does the same for us as his people. Even when the Jews made it to Paul, again with serious charges. Paul argued in his defense in our test today that these Jews don't have anything against me. What can you say that I broke? I haven't broke any of the laws of Judaism. I haven't brought these laws. I have kept the law. I have honored the temple. I have honored Caesar. What do you have against me? They don't have anything on this man. They don't have anything on him. This is the time for Paul to be streaming right to defend himself. Paul is so smooth and so calm. He's so smooth and so calm here. He actually goes and defends and defense and explains to them. I've kept the law. I kept this. I've honored Caesar. Paul don't, have, Paul don't have to keep going over and over again because he know the hearts of these people. They're not listening to him. They just want him dead. And Festus didn't hear anything that Paul said that went against any of these things. But Festus wanted to do the Jews a favor, offer Paul an option. Paul, either go back to Jerusalem to be tried. But Paul appealed to Caesar but he didn't trust the Jews. So Paul, a Roman citizen, citizenship saved him right here. Ultimate wisdom of God. The Lord prepared Paul a long time ago in his mission to the save the Gentile. So now, Paul, as he's getting locked up, y'all, you're noticing, he's sharing the gospel to everybody meet. It's another Lord allowing him to be before, the, be before these officials, eventually share the gospel. 
Look at point two as we get ready to end. Festus tell Agrippa and Bernice about Paul. While Paul is still locked up, two great leaders came to Festus now. King Agrippa and Bernice. You guys know King Agrippa, right? Well, this King Agrippa is Agrippa II. He's the son of Herod Agrippa I, one source says, who dealt as recorded in Acts 12.23. He initially ruled over the northern part of Israel under the authority of Rome, but eventually received more territory in the northeast. He's the same guy you guys remember as 12 that died. When the people came out and um, uh, the people came out and sought to kind of worship him, um, Agrippa, um, they tried to worship him. It was named called Herod. They tried to worship him, and for him, I think the worms or some kind of, or the Lord smote him down, and he died at the particular moment. Well, that Agrippa II, uh, right there, that's Agrippa. The Agrippa we're talking about today, that's his dad. But well, Agrippa today is the one, the one that got killed, that was his dad. And Bernice is actually Agrippa's sister. She was later a mistress to two Roman emperors, Vespian and Titus. So these two leaders arrived in Caesarea as they were. Festus laid out Paul's situation that Paul was left in jail by Felix and that the Jews had charges against him. Listen to Festus explain to King Agrippa and Bernice. Verse 19, rather they had certain points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who was dead, but whom Paul asserted to be alive. So Festus explained properly that the issue is concerning the resurrection. That Paul talks about Jesus being alive. These people right here, they're saying that Jesus is not alive. So it goes back down to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Sadducees doesn't believe in a resurrection. The Pharisees believe in a resurrection, but the Pharisees doesn't believe in Jesus' resurrection. But Paul believed in Jesus' resurrection. So Paul is proclaiming that Jesus was raised. And for them, they don't want to admit that Jesus is raised because they do. They have to say Jesus is the Son of God. And that's why they continue to want to hate Paul. Because Jesus is the true Son of God, that means y'all killed him. Do they want to believe and, and trust and be able to admit that they actually played a role in killing the Messiah? No. So of course they would not accept Jesus' resurrection because that would expose them. So what did Paul? Paul didn't want to be tried in Jerusalem. He didn't trust them. He wanted to take advantage of the Roman benefits by being tried by Caesar himself. I think Festus was kind of shocked by this. Are you sure, Paul, you want to go to Caesar? Festus is not really knowing what's going on here, that they were actually going to try to kill him. So Festus was like, are you sure, like, you want to appeal to Caesar? You guys got to think about it. At this time, I know we have president right now in America, right? President Biden. Well, at this time, you have someone like the president or a Caesar they were considered God. They were considered God on earth. So Caesar was one that people would bow down to. He would be considered God on earth. You tell them Paul wanted to actually appeal to this God on earth. So they're shocked by this. Are you sure you want to go to Caesar? 
she's Caesar. The, the one that, if you don't honor, Caesar can get you smite, smoked down right there in the spot. Are you sure you want to go here? Family's boldness. Paul is not afraid of Caesar. Paul said, I appeal to Caesar. And the man says, Caesar, you shall go. The brother's not afraid. afraid. So Fester truly don't have any charges on Paul either. Listen to this. But I found that he had done nothing deserving death. Festus even said this to in front of Agrippa and Bernice. I found that he had nothing deserving death. As he himself appealed to the emperor. I decided to go ahead and send him, but I have nothing definite to write to my Lord about him. Therefore, I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after we examine him, I may have something to write. For it seemed to me unreasonable in sending a prisoner not to indicate the charges against him. Even Festus don't have anything against Paul. They're like, we send this guy to Caesar, we don't have anything on him. Like, Paul, you about to get killed going to Caesar for no reason. So Festus is confused. A prisoner want to go to Caesar without any charges. Family, as we end here today, we see the boldness of Paul right here. Are you this bold? Are you this bold before a world that hates Jesus? Are you able to stand on God's truth in the midst of a world that offers you comfort? Paul could have got out of jail, right? He could have got out of jail. He could have told the Jews that, hey, y'all was right. Hey, I don't believe in any of these things anymore. Can I live my life? You don't hear that in Paul. Paul holds on to his faith all the way to death. What about us? Do we hold on our faith in Jesus only when it's convenient for us? Only on Sundays or Wednesdays and days we do our devotion or our private time, Lord. Are those the only time we hold on to God's word? How are you holding on to God's world in front of a society that does everything contrary to God's word? Do your friends or people around you see the difference in you than everyone else? Do they see how you hate your sin? Do they see how you, you are walking in the light? They see even the time you struggle, you're praying to Jesus. Do they see those certain things or they, do they see you just like them? When I see just like them is that for them living in the world and not even looking for, not even trying to walk in the, the word or walk in the thing God has called us to walk in. So family, let not our Christian walk be so churchy, churchy Christian walk on a Sunday. But let our Christian walk be a part of our life every single day. That, that we're showing the world what does it mean to be a husband, to be a father, to lead their family, to lead their family in grace and, and be, be merciful to the family, to, to God and well. What does it mean for, for us men in this room to lead well in our families? Or do we buy into the things in this world? What the world say a man is. 
what the world say, this is what you do to be a, a man. Some other side with ladies. Are you using this opportunity to honor Christ? Are you bold in your walk for Christ? Showing well, this is what it means to be a wife. This is what it means to, to live out a life submitted to Christ. So the Roman emperor, or they might not be in front of us. We're not arrested or we're not tempted by the Roman emperor. But, but we are tempted in the likeness of this world. All these, the carnal things in this world, we are tempted by every single day. Are we giving in to those things? Are we living like Christ has called us to live? So family, that the people can see us pointing them to Jesus, where would they get it from? If the church can't point them to Jesus and point them to the word, where are they going to hear from? So family, we must be bold. We must be bold in how we live our life. And I'm not saying bold that you got to get a t-shirt on and say you love Jesus. I'm not saying you got to put a bumper sticker and say you love Jesus on your bumper sticker. I'm talking about living your lives honoring to the Lord and living a life that is that, that, that is uh, that, that is grounded in God's word. That's what I'm talking about here. And family, let it be, may that be us. May we be bold in Christ as we live our lives. Let me end with a couple applications. The Lord is working when we don't think he's working. Just like with Paul, how low is working to bring about Paul to be okay here. The Lord is working when we don't think he's working. He will use so many things around us, you, or around me, to bring about our security. Sometimes he's even bringing our enemies to use them for our own security. He's done it for Paul and everyone else in the Bible. He does the same thing for us. So don't think that you're back against the wall. You don't have anywhere else to turn. When you feel that way, remember this. God can see that you, that same wall that your, your back is against, he can use that same wall to protect you. Did y'all hear that? You feel like your back is against the wall. That same wall, you don't have anywhere else to turn. The Lord can use that same wall to preserve you. Number two, the more trials we go through in life, there's more opportunity for evangelism. Paul was meeting all types of folks by being met rested. The brother met the king, Agrippa. He had met Festus. He had met Felix. Paul shared the gospel with all of them. They arrested him, and Paul had an opportunity that now, through all this, the world is coming to ask him questions. He better give them the gospel. It's amazing, isn't it? This is how the Christian life is. In the early church, they would come ask Christians the questions. What do you believe? Tell us about what you believe. They would ask Christians the questions in the early church. And that's what they did here. Paul, tell us what you believe. And Paul gets his opportunity, free opportunity, alley-oops, right? To be able to proclaim to them what he believed. And every time he took advantage of the opportunity to talk about the Lord, how Jesus Christ, what Jesus Christ has done. So when you are faced with a tough situation, the world is looking at you. Be ready to give them the gospel. You guys know 1 Peter 3? Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? 
But even if you should suffer for the righteousness sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always been prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet you do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it's better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. So family, as we live a life for God, we should always be ready for those going to come ask us questions, the defense, give a defense of the hope that is in us. So we be ready for that when trials come our way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us.